All right. How are we going? <laughs> welcome. And welcome. welcome. We're here with Bassy again. Bassman's no, back. Welcome back. He's Thank back you. for a second. He didn't want to leave us same after the first one, which is good. <laughs> yeah, and same we clothes. got Jack the Bear. Greetings. Tony. Hi, Jack. Tony welcome. the man. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And so you t- yes, thank you. It's good to be here. After nice. what, two failed attempts this week? Oh, nah, just one, but you. these things happen, my man. They do. They do. I didn't really want to be here, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not really. I didn't want to be here either. They just wrote nah. me. Yeah. <laughs> We're holding him hostage. So, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, look, after my form this week, they had Bassie in for it, you know, just in case. I'm like, hey, you know, he's already done it twice. <laughs> we just got some, this guy up. Play some table tennis and then coerce him into another podcast. Yeah. You want to join it? We lied the whole last of the podcast. <laughs> it wasn't that was recording. All lies. Wasn't <laughs> it? <laughs> it wasn't recording. It was practice. Um, so we got tones here. Um, let's talk about some of the differences in the industry. From when you started tones, you've been around for a fucking a fair while. You've seen a thing or two change. Um, to some of the dudes starting out now who are going through it, being an independent artist, being able to release music yourself. Um, Bassie's on fucking Hopeless Records, which is one of the biggest independent labels in the fucking world. Mm. Um, just how things have changed, man. Let's just have a fucking bit Riff of chat. Rough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've changed a lot and, uh, they're continuing to change and it's almost hard. It's almost impossible to keep up with it all, mm-hmm. uh, the way I see it. But I think if there's one thing that stands out above anything else, that, uh, the biggest change of all really came with the, uh, the advent of the internet. And once people started and were able to set themselves up, yeah, put themselves online, obviously, you know, the social media and everything associated with that. So that really, I think, was the, the biggest change I've seen um, over time. And really after that, it was like, you know, the genie's out of the bottle, no turning back. This is kind of the way it's going. Mm-hmm. And then it would just evolve and has been and will continue to as well. I think that's probably been the... The biggest thing, as well as, you know, prior to that, just, you know, having access to labels and mm. producers. And I mean, to give you an idea, just to sort of give you some contrast, when I was a young pup and looking at trying to get my foot in the door and I wanted to go overseas and just to contact people overseas, I had to write a letter and pop that in the mailbox. Now, Melbourne to New York, you know, if everyone was playing nicely from point A to point B, it was five days to get there. Now, on the assumption that um, five days later, whoever got it, got it, opened it mm-hmm. right there and yeah. there, yeah. read and it, actioned and, it and, and yeah. decided and, it, and then put it, a letter back in that day and in the mail yep. and come back. It was a 12-day, it was about a fortnight, right? Yep. Yep. Now, t- today that same was up is like, boom, done. Yep. Yeah, and you can you can see, and it, it's it's you yeah. can hold your breath to have that round yeah. trip communication. Um, so apart from that, it's also just accessibility. I mean, in this day and age, uh, kids now can go online, and any producer, artist, anyone that they really want to contact um, has their own Instagram page. They've got Facebook. Um, some may have a gatekeeper between them and the actual person you know whose account it is, but the, the, you know, the, the chances of you being able to have uh, some communication or at least them know that you have communicated is far greater in this yeah. day and age than it ever was. So um, that's another big thing that I think so. And just the cost of also getting involved. Um, you know, in, in 1979, 80, mm. you know, for someone to set up in the studio, I mean, unless yeah. you were, 
you know, the, the kids of Mick Jagger or you know, Robert Plant. Just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, it just wasn't going to fucking happen <clears throat> unless you're a rich kid. Yeah. Okay? Whereas now, uh, really, you can get set up, uh, you know, even at, at the most humble kind of beginnings so cheaply and you could do so much with mm. it. It's extraordinary. I mean, you know, again, when I got my first computer, it was a, an Apple 2FX, I think, from memory. Wow. With this 14-inch big fuck-off CRT screen. You know, this thing had a whopping, whopping 500 megabyte hard drive. <laughs> was this yeah, with yeah. Mikey Costa? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was, um, well, Mikey, Mikey, um, shout out to Mikey Costa. Big love to the man. He's awesome. Oh, love man. Well, you, you really can't say enough good things about him. He's a uh, real soul of the earth. But uh, Mikey, uh, back in the day, was running his own rig and, and I had my own rig and and he was so helpful to me in terms of um, helping me. We were doing a few projects together, you know, these sort of mastering projects, which were more really uh, doing these compilations for different labels. So there were all these stuff that would already be mastered. So, you know, here were, you know, 12 or 13 DAT tapes, compile them up, try and get them to balance out and whatnot and, and then make a, a new production DAT. Which would, you know, yeah. We were doing those sort of things initially and, um, and you know, I uh, was telling Mikey, you know, I really want to kind of get out and do this thing on my own. He was very encouraging, very supportive and um, he helped me out with a lot of stuff. But... Um, but the cost, though, to give you an idea, so this two effects with this whopping 500 megabyte drive and, you know, you know it took a floppy disk drive and mm. um, it was about eight or $9,000 for that mm. thing, you know. I mean, I remember the first, um, mm. the first gigabyte um, hard drive. It was a SCSI drive for a, a gig. And was, this thing was like, a, it was like two house bricks, a you know, big heavy thing. And uh, it was $2,500. Back then, this is nineteen. This is ninety. Is that for a gig? Huh? One gig? For one gig? One, uh, one gig? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and I remember, I remember, you know, when I saw this thing, I said, oh, "I'll never fucking fill this thing up." Yeah. This is gonna. This is gonna keep me going forever. And uh, and sh- so sure enough, you know, we've seen what's happened since with you know how it's gone smaller and faster and cheaper. So you think like like obviously. People's attitudes have changed as time's gone on, but the fact that like you can, I guess these days you make a choice between whether you want to be a musician or whether you want to do other stuff, you know, because, you know, when you're a kid, you only have a certain amount of money to spend. It's like, I'm either going to buy a guitar that costs a thousand bucks or I'm going to buy a computer that costs a thousand dollars. You know, do you think that that kind of, does that, do you see that or do you see it's no. more just like everyone's doing everything at once. Not necessarily. I don't necessarily see it as an either or thing. Mm. Um, I, I, again, most of my clients, the musicians, yeah, do a lot of their own stuff. Yeah, it's in in this day and age, it's become. Well, first of all, there's this accessibility, affordability, and availability of all mm-hmm. this stuff. Okay, um, and now online tutorials and yeah, 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 stuff. yeah, so, it's huge. You know, and. And so now kids are able to, you know, get a good little setup, learn some skills, um, you know, learn how to be musicians and they just kind of juggle these two yeah. things and, um, and some of them may end up being a little bit better in one area than another area. But yeah. if you think about a band situation, four or five dudes, um, as a collective, you know, people are going to have different skill sets that they bring into mm. the table. And yeah. so I don't think it's a matter of 
either or. Yeah. It's good to be multi-skilled. It's good to be able to have your finger in a few pies. You may find that you have a particular leaning or an affinity to something. Mm. Maybe you have um, become successful in a certain way. You know, you might be in a band and you do a bit of production on the side and all of a sudden you work with a band, this band do okay and they get some notoriety and then other people think, oh, shit, you know. Oh, that this- sounded good. I'll work with them. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. totally. And so, and, and, and so, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily, you don't even have a choice in it. I mean, you may Just have an ambition and a focus uh, but life being what it is, uh, it doesn't always kind of go the way you, you plan. You know, no. Things kind of literally <laughs> just talked yeah. half yeah. of our last podcast. Yeah, one of the things we that. touched on there was how a lot of people could be set out with this fucking idea of how things should go to get to where they want to be. Um, when yeah. trying to stick to that, you're going to blindside and stop yourself from all these other natural opportunities, which is going to end up pulling you to where you should end up at. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it also comes down to, yeah, awareness. There's something to be said about being strategic, having a plan, um, being considered, but also having an awareness to say, okay, what's working? What else is available? So it's a fine line. So, you know, being focused, but also not so loose and relaxed that you almost can be seen as being apathetic. Yeah, if you yeah. know what I mean? Like, well, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And yeah, I'll just yeah. kind of be at the mercy yep. of the current. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, no, man, I think that, um, it's a good time, uh, mm. for people to be entering in. Uh, I, I can see where, again, I mentor a lot of kids and one of the most common things I get is, you know, oh shit, you know, how am I going to get a leg up? How do I make a start? Um, how do I just, they get overwhelmed by just the, the volume of numbers mm. of people out there doing it. Mm. And, um. And there's a lot of noise out there, and and people think that um, you know it's, how do I you know how do I how do I step above that? Yeah, or, elevate yourself. And, uh, you know, know. They, they just get paralysed before they even begin. They're just overwhelmed with this whole thing. And like again, you know, back in my day, the amount of effort we had to go through to do the simplest of tasks that you know today are taken for granted. And that's mm. and that's not Gen Y or Gen X's fault. That that's that's the world they've been born into. Yeah, just that's what they know. So you know. Them. Um, but it's a great time to get started. Um, the resources are there, information's there. There's plenty of people that are willing to help and, and you know, um, you know, again, w- one thing I'd tell um, these kids are is don't be afraid to ask. You know, um, again, people overwhelm like, oh, why should, why should I contact this person? Why would they want to listen from me? What, what am I going to say? How am I going to look? And... You'd be absolutely amazed um, how receptive people are to wanting to help. You know, if you're cool and respectful and, you mm. again, you're, you know, you're not going to waste people's time. You don't come across looking like, a, you know, a dickhead or just purely fanboying. Um, you'd be surprised uh, how receptive people are. And I'll, I'll give you a, a classic case um, with me. Just recently um, I had Mike Fraser you know, produced ACDC and the Colton. Mm. You know, he's he's an up and comer. Yeah. He's on the he's on the rise. This guy, look out for him. <laughs> <laughs> look out for him. Yeah. Mike Fraser, kids from Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's uh he's got a he's got some got prom- something. He's got some promise. <laughs> he's got some promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh I'm gonna put a lazy twenty bucks on at lad broke so he'll yeah, do okay. Yeah. yeah, I think he'll be able to stop his side hustle pretty soon. <laughs> um, but big respect, Mike. Love you, man. You're awesome. So. 
I wanted to get Mike Fraser on my podcast. And I remember some friends saying, oh, the fuck's he going to be on your podcast? you got fuck all following. No one fucking knows. He doesn't know for bar shit. I said, well, what's the worst that's going to happen? Mm. You know, like, um, and, and, as, and what made it, yeah, one of the reasons why I'm, one of my friends in particular, I said, um, he wasn't being sinister, by the way. It was just, you know, he, um, because he, there wasn't a lot of, there hadn't been a lot of podcasts with Mike Fraser on online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few interviews, some press, some stuff, but really mm-hmm. not much in, in, in a video format. <laughs> um, and so I guess this person thought, well, fuck, man, he probably gets hit up all the fucking time, you know, why would he? So I remember I um, hit him up and it took a little while, but we got there and I, and I just, out of curiosity, and if you check out the podcast, we, we, we talk about this. And I've seen it. I know, at, I know and, where and, and I just said, man, yeah. I, I noticed there's that much stuff. He said, is there any reason why? And yeah, you know, why, why, I said, look, I'm, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't looking for him to strike my cock. I was just generally curious as to why he decided to do that. And he, and he said, well, because you asked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, just, and and you, people think that, but that, that's just too simple. Them. Yeah. It's just too simple. How, yep. how can just a simple act of, you know, people think that to, in order to achieve certain things or certain things that are seen to be big or a coup or a great, result, mm. you know, some scoop or whatever, it, it requires some Herculean effort that, you know. Do you think like the like mainstream media and and like the way movies and things like that are and the way people see things on TV and all that sort of stuff ha- is, is kind of the way people think it happens and that kind of is what influences people's like thought processes on, oh, I can't do that, That's, I'm, I'm not good enough for that and things like that? I don't know if I necessarily would blame um, mainstream media per se. I, I think that whole not good enough journey is um, inherent in everyone. You know, everyone's, mm. everyone's greatest fear is I'm not enough, mm-hmm. whether I'm not smart enough, I'm not talented enough, I'm not cute enough, I'm not insert whatever adjective you want. Mm. And Even just as you mentioned before, sorry to interrupt, um, jumping on stage at fucking um, at Slam Dunk, like mm. at the most like fuck. Who am I to be here with these fucking bands playing yeah. this festival in the fucking UK? Imposter syndrome. Yeah. When we yeah. look at it, and we're like, "Fuck, dude, we we see the band. The band's sick." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and so that really um, is everyone's greatest fear, and that is um, the reason um, that um, exists is primarily because um, that was part of our conditioning at when we were little kids. Because when we were born. We we're all loved unconditionally and there was nothing that we could do wrong. And mm. we get to a certain age around 18 months when um, there is a, an understanding where an infant and its parent uh, are able to communicate somewhat. So then mm. it becomes a case of, you know, so Ben's mum and dad, no matter how many times he shut his nappy or wanted to feed in the middle of the night, it's, 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 it's fucking little fucking... <laughs> Benny boy, you know, right? He's the cutest little fucker. He could do no wrong. Didn't matter, right? Yeah. It didn't matter. But once we got to that stage of like, oh, okay, now he's starting to understand what I'm saying. It's like, now shut the fuck up, otherwise you won't get your fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sit the fuck down and you can't watch cartoons. And what? so this, this unconditional love all of a sudden becomes conditional. So as kids, mm-hmm. what happens is um, the message we get from who? Every, the people that mean everything to us, our fucking parents mm. or our guardians or whoever's looking after mm. you, right? Because they are the whole fucking world. Yeah. And all of a sudden the message you're getting is, well, if you want love, 
You want acceptance, you want validation, you want whatever it is that you want, you're gonna have to act a certain way, say a certain thing, acquiesce to a certain demand, okay? So errorless memory, most of us probably about three four or four or, years yeah, old. something yeah. like that, four okay. years old, I'd So from 18 five, months, I can't remember four, that five, six. Well, so, that's, you're, you're not average. Yeah. Okay? You're, you're extraordinary. You're you're just you you're, know you're, on you're, you're in your mate. own fucking category. So let's not even let's just keep it fucking apples and apples here, right? Um, and so your reference. So from eighteen months to four years of age, you've had most of your life is is basically got a program of like if I'm going to be loved and accepted, this is what I need. Yeah. Go to school. You go into the school system, peer group. And so advertisers and marketeers and people like that, they, they understand how this works. Yeah, I mean, they play on that think, sort of shit. These people on fucking Madison Street, man, who, you know, spend millions of fucking dollars, mm. you know, doing the science and working how the whole psycho thing works. I mean, you, they know what the fuck's yeah, going on. Yeah, psychology man. behind marketing. Right? Yeah, so they know exactly how, how it all works and they know exactly where to fucking tickle your buttons and yep. whatnot. Yep. And, so, and so that keeps locked in. So, and then, you know, we're comparing ourselves to everyone else. There's peer group pressure. There's the fear of, you know, um, it, you know. again, we want to fit in. We want to be one of the cool kids. Well, we better, we may think a certain way, but we're not going to say it because, you know, we don't want to stand out. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. okay to be wrong about something So long, because if you're in amongst the crowds, like, well, don't fucking blame me. You're a dumb cunt yeah, too. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is why you don't have mavericks and this is why you don't have a lot of pioneers. Well, well we do, but the ones that do are the ones who genuinely don't give a fuck. Correct. They're happy to stand out. They're happy. Yep. And sometimes these people may never be validated while they're alive. Just things, you know, they, yeah. you know, what they're saying, what they're thinking, their their philosophy, their their ideas, all that stuff may never be seen or understood or accepted in the mainstream of the day. Sometimes it could take centuries, mm. you know, before this sort of stuff happens. Mm. So, you know, getting back to this whole not good enough thing, it's, um, it's, it's like it's it's uh, it's endemic. It's a condition. It's in everyone. Mm. And and people, a lot of people understand that intellectually. You know, we all understand this intellectually, but when it comes to actually, um, you know, understand that as a wisdom and living your life knowing that, um, that's a much harder thing. And and that has been a big part of my life uh, and a big part of the you know as, as a guy likes to speak and mentor. It's a it's a big, big part of the message that I share too because I think that, you know, how many people do we know that are talented, they're skilled, they're, they're great in so many other areas, but because they deep down in their heart, of hearts, that they're not believing that they're enough or that they're imposter or uh, they don't fit in or what have you, they, they will, they'll, they'll never get there. And you, and you mm. sit there and you scratch your head and you think, fuck, I, you know, I, only, I, I would like 10% of your talent. Yeah, yeah. totally. You know, I, I remember one of the first times I did home was when we had this chat for the first time and you told me about how you had these imposter experiences still yourself. And I remember, and I've talked about how I'm sitting there like, fuck, dude, this dude's a beast in the fucking industry. And, like, he's sitting here going, man, this imposter syndrome, you still get it? Because I was like, like, you know, you always have it. You're like, fuck, do I belong here? Like, fuck, you know, because you're constantly kind of, always growing so you should be always pushing yourself forward with who you're interacting and who you're dealing with so that and just being in a creative industry where fucking we're looking for validation from outside people when really it should kind of be internal with all that other stuff but I just remember hearing you say it and I was like fuck one this isn't going to go away I'm going to be fucking 50 and still <laughs> having this shit going down yeah. but two like that <laughs> fuck everyone's human like mm -hmm. I was looking at this dude I'm like fuck, man, this dude's repertoire, his resume in the industry is fucked up. And he's like, 
man, I have those days where I'm like, why do these people want me to master my fucking records? And so, like, for me, that was one of those times where you're like, fuck, I understood it intellectually, but then to actually hear that from someone that, you know, you know in the it's industry, it's a different it's yeah. a different thing. Yeah. Well, I, I think, um, you know, once I actually got over that um, and I, I don't have that sense anymore, you know, um, but I think that was important to share with people so they realise that, Hey, it's it's a human thing, and um, and a lot of and I still know a lot of people in my industry who are higher up the ladder than me. It's extraordinary, and they even, you know, privately, will tell me the same, and they're saying, "Oh man, fucking, I just <laughs> quite know how to how to get over that," uh, you know. Uh, and look, I'm sure there are some people that kind of blag their way through, and deep down inside, kind of know, but. Mm. But even the ones that do, man, even for however long they do, that's still a skill in itself to be able to pull off whatever they're managing to um, know to pull off. But I think it's it's a good thing that everyone has a unique voice, but it's not championed enough. I don't think like it is for people that are up on this high level that you know, like look at them. There, someone comes to mind like Kanye West, for example. You know, he's known as being this like unique, like says what he wants, he's like on another level, this and that. But he also started from somewhere and he had a unique voice and he had a unique something about him that everyone has something individual about them that, but as a society, we don't champion it enough. We only champion it when they've gotten to that stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. But uh, the, the other thing that's interesting in terms of all that is um, people will look up and compare and whatever, but... Here in this country particularly, you know, we have this tall poppy syndrome thing too. So, you know, so if anyone wants to sort of go out on a limb and do their thing, mm. the, the fear is, you know, I'm, I'm going to get cut down some yeah. stage. And, yeah. and it is uniquely the, the, this country you know, I've noticed. One foot on the accelerator but Maybe still the, the, hand, but the handbrake on at the same time, yeah. you know. Yep. Um, yeah, man. Mm. Well, and even just other artists I've noticed, um, like even it might be purely hip-hop more than other genres, but there was when we were playing and touring and trying to get support spots, um, and we were victim of it. I mean, like we did it as well in the day. We was like, fuck, why did this person get this to a spot? Or we thought we wanted that one or, you know, that's happens of, in, yeah. uh, in uh, any, like even in rock music as well. You like feel like you're on the same level, but they're getting more and opportunities. They, and then all of a sudden you're like, fuck, why did they get that opening spot? So, you, you know, um, and I think I've noticed it happened in Australia, definitely more than the States. Hmm. It fell, it might just be because we were a smaller fucking country in the middle of nowhere. But I think there was yeah. this, feeling of there's only spot of room at the top for one rather than, hey, guess what? If all the fucking bands who are all doing good shit pull together, we're going to make one a better scene. Everyone's going to be better off yeah. rather than and one happier. person sitting at the top. Yeah. Well, the way things are, everything works on a hierarchy basis. So the fact of the matter is there's always going to be so many people gunning. You know, there's only going to be one support slot mm. on a tour. There's only going to be a certain yeah. amount of you know, spots on a particular festival. And it's... It's not a bad question to ask, you know, well, why? Because, you know, but so long as that question comes from a genuine inquiry as to, well, what else do we need to do or, yeah. you know, what, what can, leaf can we take yeah. out of their book as opposed to why just um, feeling bitter and jealous and, and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. And I can understand why people can feel that way. And, 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 look, you know, here's something that may not surprise you. Life isn't fucking fair. It's not always meant to be fair. It, it's, it's, it's a matter of... You know, if you look at nature, um, nature's not fair, um, but it's all about growth and contribution. You know, when a tree starts 
stops producing fruit, it's going to wither and die and mm. it's going to become fertiliser for the next thing, you know, to come along. Mm. You know, animals get, you know, once an animal in the wild stops contributing or it gets to a point, it's going to get taken out by, mm. you know, a hyena or whatever. And it may not be as cutthroat in, in life, but the fact of the matter remains is until you can find out a way as to how you can make a contribution towards what it is that you're, you know, wanting to be a part mm. of, uh, and and also about how do I cultivate relationships? You know, I think the the biggest skill that you need to have, or I think two of the biggest skills you need to have to be successful, and that's whether it's in music or in life, and that is to be able to master your emotional states, right? And how to be a good communicator, because mm. this is right now the economy of relationships. Yep. You know, people say it's the, you know, whose dick you're sucking if you want to be really cynical. But it's not, it's not like that at all. It's, it's just about, again, you know, how do, I, how do I get involved with people? How do I find, how can I find a way to genuinely and authentically connect with you because I feel I have something to bring to the table. I have a skill set. I have something to bring along. Most people, when they think about networking and wanting to make connections and, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff, it's about what can I get? Oh, I'm going to go to this party because yeah. an A&R from mm. XYZ level is going to be there. I'm going to go there. I'm going to have my little cheeky mixtape. Uh, you know, I'm going to bring my girlfriend. You know, she, she's got a nice rack. We'll get them out. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, I've got, a, I've got a cheeky bag. You know, maybe I can take him into the, um, yeah. into the boys' room and, you know, chop a couple up. And that's not the way to do it because, you know, people are, let's just say, of influence very or whatever. Level. They, they see this all the time and it is surface level. Yeah. Right? It's fucking business, man. It's like, what what have you got to bring that's going to actually help them? Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't always have to be a contributing to their bottom line. You know, I mean, you may bump into someone and just find out that, you know, you guys have a, a similar hobby, for example, and you might just be able to help him out with something. Completely unrelated to your totally. industry. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you're, you're connecting on something that's yep. authentic. Yep. And you actually bring, it's just as an example. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just saying, but... You know, if you're going to get involved in networking, you know, it's not just about being seen at the right parties, maybe to a point, and, you know, I understand how that for some people can work as well, and I'm not excluding that, but don't think exclusively in those terms. Mm. You know, go out, be seen, rub shoulders, do all that, but if you are wanting to make an impression on someone, do your homework, find out about them. Um, See if there's some common ground, see if there's, Mm. you know, somewhere where you think, oh, you know what? oh, this dude's into that or that dude has a history there or shit. You know what? Mm. I know someone like that. Or, yep. And you can fire up a conversation because especially when it comes to the industry, it's – and I hear it a lot too. And I, I don't think it myself as any great shakes, but it's always about and, – and I get it, always just trying to impress me with this or that or the other. And I don't necessarily – you don't need to impress me. I don't care to be impressed. Mm-hmm. You know, can't talk to you about something different. Yeah, if it's like if it's a work thing and it's like they've come to you for a service, you're obviously going to provide that service at the same level because if you you know you're a professional, you'd hope that for most people that they are going to if you go to them for a service, they're going to provide you that service. So you don't need to do the other stuff. The other stuff is the extra. Yeah. So it's like yeah, like why would you like sure you might find a common ground and talk about mastering hmm. and it might be interesting and it might be but you might also fucking love a sports team that you can, you know, talk about it or something like, and that might be where a relationship actually grows and it's not just mm-hmm. like this on the surface type yeah. thing. 
And and sure. don't let it also be some kind of long-winded um, strategy towards you know coming to what you really want to say is just can I have a job? Well, can you can I you know can you give me work experience? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if if you're going to be that direct, you just I think you get well. I can only speak for myself, but I will I'll give you more respect to give you more time of day if you if you just straight up with me and just. Mm. Stop with all the flistering and flustering and bullshit. You can see it though. Right? Yeah. Like you don't, see don't, it. don't tickle my clip, man. Just fucking <laughs> go in. Just bar it. Straight bar in. And just go at me. At least yeah. I know, you know, because I can see your bowls from over here. Right? <laughs> so don't fucking sweet talk me while you're holding your fucking horn over there, right? Just get it out so I can see it. Okay. And I'm either into it or not. <laughs> the funniest <laughs> analogy that's ever been on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. That's maybe the most elegant way of, uh, of expressing it. But. Yeah, I, but again, this the fear of people having the gumption to go up for and just being direct, just being, hey, um, you know, I, yeah, you know, and and the, and and I think that's true. With a lot of people, the, 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 there's something about um, vulnerability that people like, and 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 women is, are the same. You, you know, like you know, dudes who think, oh shit, oh, what am I going to say? And sometimes just going up seriously. Look, I'm no expert at this, but I can tell you now that. Most women would really, would, would probably, you have a better chance with, I think, most women, if going up to them and say, listen, you know what, hi, my name is so-and-so, I really don't know what I came up for, but I just, you know, and being mm. just clumsy. Yeah, vulnerable. Just yep. being really, just authentic. It's yep. just, yeah. there's no bullshit. It's, just, and, it, and it may sound like, oh, I'm going to say that, I'm going to look like a fuckwit. Like, well, maybe you run that risk, yeah, maybe, but, yeah. but in dude's eyes, like, who really gives a fuck? If yeah. you don't give a fuck, but if and again, what's the worst that can possibly happen? Yeah, yeah but yeah. same in any business situation. If they just say fuck off, then it's not worth your time spending your time with that person. Yeah, but again, you this to is, fuck off. Yeah. So this is like, again, we're having this discussion, and again, it's based on this intellectual understanding. You know, what happens though in, in the real world when you actually, um, you know, I just turned fifty-six. So these things for me are. I'm not saying that I'm a fucking don at it. I'm getting better at these things and better understanding and better at, you know, being able to apply them in, in, in life. But, dude, again, it's, it's, it's all, you know, all kind of knowing in the theory. Um, but, mm. but a lot of people um, in all facets, uh, they're afraid because the, how am I going to look? How is it going to be mm. rejection? And, and then, of course, it's the story that we attribute to that. Mm. You, you know, it's like, yeah, I put a video up the other day about um, missing two, two mentees um, who spoke to me and were absolutely fucked off beyond belief that um, this job that they were meant to be getting in, that was right in the palm of their hand, you know, we want to book you, blah, 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 everything. And last minute it fell through their fingers. Um, and so straight away they get, they're getting pissed off this person. And I understand you upset you. Mm. What Emotion happened? comes into play. But, yeah. you know, most of the stuff we... Um, we tell ourselves in those kind of situations, whether it's uh, being overlooked or rejected, um, the story usually goes, it's me, or, you know, um, I must have done something wrong, I must have said something. And, and then so people then start, you know, getting going down this self-loathing, slippery mm. slope. And, you know, 90% of the time, that story that you, me, or whoever is telling ourselves, had nothing to fucking do with mm, them yep. at all. It <laughs> wasn't a personal... Mm. Vendetta. Yep. You know, it's like the, the world. <laughs> the it, world has. Yeah. There's no conspiracy going on. No. Where people get yep. up collectively with this express intention of how am I going to fuck up Ben's world today? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But some, and for whatever reason, when shit's going wrong in your own personal life, you feel like the rest of the world is looking directly at you, but it's just not. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Again, 
external world, reflection of the inner world. And uh, whatever it is that we're, and again, because our, our perception, this is why perception is such a powerful thing because perception is reality and, yeah. and, it's, and it's real. And, um, you know, your mind is telling you something, you know, and this is why people physically change. You know, their mind is so powerful that when they think a certain thing, they'll sweat, they get hot. There's all these, they experience that, mm. you know, through that emotion and through the story. So, again, that's what I said before. Um, when we can learn to control our emotional state, and have awareness to what's going on and just understand, okay, well, this is kind of really what's happening. Mm. These are my controllables. Everything else, outside of my control. So, yep. I think the two things that stand out to me is one, communication. I'll, I come back to that pretty much every single time. But communication and awareness of self. And, like, the communication part of it is, is crucial because it's how you communicate with someone openly and truthfully and having vulnerability and stuff like that, but having the awareness of what you look like, feel like, are seeing, feeling, all that sort of stuff will mean that you will be able to communicate in a better way. And those two things that come into every single relationship that you'll have in your life, whether it's work relationship, personal relationship, family, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, like the communication breakdown is what causes things to go wrong a lot of the time. And you can look back on things and go, oh, I could have controlled that. It's like, yeah, but you needed to have that awareness in the moment mm. to be able to yeah, yeah. really and control it. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is intention. Uh, mm. What's your fucking intention, man? Mm. Intention is huge. You know, mm. I, when I ask a lot of people, my mentor, like, you know, why you want to do it? And the first answer, an obvious answer and is, oh, I have a passion for music. And yeah, fine, but... When we dig a little deeper into it, we usually find there's, un- unless you can find something that is outside of yourself, y- you're going to have a much harder time because then everything is, is egocentric when mm. we've got to think in an ethnocentric fashion. So, you know, something has to be bigger than you, more than just about you and your validation and your personal enjoyment and what you're going to get out of it. You know, th- there's got to be something beyond that. I'll, I'll, look, I'll give you a um, you know, an, an example of, um, of that is why is it, for example, that someone who's a complete fat fuck will not walk five metres to the fridge to get a beer, right, but will run around the fucking country for cancer, you know, or for research, you know, something that they wouldn't normally fucking do, even though it's good for them, but they'll do it for a bigger cause because it's a- outside of them, you know. So the sister died of cancer all of a sudden, like, well, okay, I'm going to do something about this. I'm, mm. I'm now going to, you know, click in a gear and I'm going to, going to yeah, get yeah. on with it. All right. So, so for me, you know, if you ask me, well, you know, why do I do what I do, particularly on the mentoring thing, it's, yeah, you know, I like to, like to help, but it's, it's a paying forward thing. It's like I knew that when I was younger I had these incredible fucking people who gave me the time of day, didn't know me from a bar of shit, but still gave me the time of day. Mm. And what impact that had. And it didn't take much. Sometimes it was just one encouraging word, you know, that set me off on a, on a different direction. So, you know, so it's like, okay, so my thing's about the kids. I was off to do a, um, you know, a talk the other day at this, this, this other joint and I was as sick as a dog. And, and I, I could have easily pulled out and I probably, and probably should have. Mm. I was feeling like shit. But it was about the kids, not how I would have looked in front of them, but there's 25 Message. fucking kids yeah. who... One of those kids, may, it may or may not have been. I don't know what 
could have happened or may not have happened. But that's out of your if control. I wasn't there, yep. if I wasn't there, definitely nothing was going to yeah. fucking happen. Yes. That yes. we know for sure. Yes. So being there, no matter what the odds were, and it wouldn't have mattered because I don't follow up on these things, but mm. it, that was enough for me to go, I have to be there. I yeah. want to be there. I'm happy to be there. It's not about me. It's yeah. about them. Yep. It's about helping them. It's about mm. what can I contribute, what can I put out to them. The validation, all that stuff comes automatically. It, it, that is feel good in itself, you know. That's just a feel good thing. Mm. That's an automatic byproduct of that. So until you can really dig deep, be honest with yourself, and find out, well, why am I actually doing this? What what is that bigger purpose outside of just my own passion, and my own love for it? It's important. All that stuff's important, but until we can find something beyond that, um, it's going to be harder to be inspired. Because here's the thing too. Motivation, inspiration, two very different things. Motivation, very short term, okay? Everyone can get fired up over an idea. This is why people that want to get rid of a lot of weight, you know, they get all fired up, yep, right, Monday, fucking Monday, right? We're going to fucking do this, we're going to do that. And then four days, five days in, they're fucked, right? Mm -hmm. Because they don't have a bigger purpose for getting rid of their weight. Yeah, it's just... Usually it's about, well, I want to, you know, girls, oh, I want to fucking lose some weight so I can get fit in this dress for my, you know, sister to be a bridesmaid sister's wedding. I want to wear this bikini. You're all for dudes just like, you know, hey, you know, I want to look good in the club, you know. I want chicks mm. to check out my pecs, my fucking guns. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yep. it's vanity, you know, yeah. not health and vitality and well-being and, yep. and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, there you mm. go. Intention. Mm, it's a good point. Very good point. Yeah. Anything to add on, Bassman? Have good intentions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that intention that was a very behind intentional that? Intentional statement yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Intentional you might pass me some water there, bro. Absolutely. Thank you. Nice. And then that was good. I think just to um, wrap this up, let's give some um, context tones. When when did you start? And even how did getting your foot in the door of that? Of when you went over to the States and worked in the fucking studios there. Like, that was via fucking letter. You'd send shit to studios. Just letter. Just, um... And who was in those... Give, let, us, a, give us a quick little context letter. of you starting versus now. Who was in some of those fucking uh, rooms? Well, it was, you know, it was just, again, it was um, places like the Power Station. Um, went and had a look in there. Record plant. Just all the big... Look, I just went through all the big New York uh, rooms. And then when I... Um, when I when mastering found me, just again, just just popping in to see, you know, usual haunts, you know, your master discs and and you know places like that, just the the, the bigger sort of places and and you know I I had a very non traditional path through it and it was one of the reasons I felt this imposter syndrome for so long. Um, a lot of my other uh, peers and contemporaries went through, you know the. The way it worked back then was, you know, you get to the studio, you get some floors, you'd be a yeah. full time. Intern runner, um, you become a tape op, uh, and then you become an assistant engineer, um, and so that that was the system that churned out engineers uh, back then. Uh, whereas I didn't do any of that. I I went and I visited places and I got to learn from observing and and, and self taught to a degree, but basically by just watching, mm. uh, meeting people, and asking questions, and and then thinking, okay, I think I've got enough here to kind of you know bankroll myself and create my own opportunity. Uh, and that's how um, and that's how I got started. But doing it that way to me, because it was so different to everyone else, made me feel the, the story I was telling myself mm. was 
no, nah, I'm going to get found out. You know, people are going to say, who are you to be fucking doing this? Yeah, you yeah. didn't go through the trenches like we did. You yeah. didn't beat fucking bully beef and weevils like us, you know, <laughs> when the fucking Turks were firing at us. You know, <laughs> who are you? You know, <laughs> we didn't see you anywhere. Yeah. Um, and and so it, uh, and that was, a, you know, one of the, um, and, and the fact that I'm not technical uh, as well. I'm the least technical. I'm a technophobe. Still can't fucking solder two wires properly together. Um, You're not alone there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but again, uh, uh, most of my uh, mastering uh, brothers and sisters, uh, you know, they, they got a, they got much more technical proficiency. I mean, it ranges from you know having some idea as to how to read a, a you know a fucking chart to uh, designing their own fucking mm. um, converters and writing code. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a full spectrum, but. Mm-hmm. And again, um, and, it, and it wasn't until, you know, Tom Coyne, you know, rest in peace, brother, um, he, um, when I remember telling him how I, there was a concern of mine, I said, oh, man, fuck, I'm not technical. How am I going to fucking get a hold of this? And he just sat me down. Well, he didn't sit me down, but he just stopped and looked at me and he said, you don't have to be. And, and I thought he was just placating me. And he said, listen, man, this is music. That, you know, tell them that you come from the school of, I close my eyes and turn the knobs till it sounds good because that's all that matters. Yeah. Right? And that, now, whether he was, whether he really meant it or whether he was just because Tom was quite a jocular kind of guy, um, I just took that on board and I thought, Tom Coyne told me that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the real fucking deal. Um, and, and, again, these are these pivotal moments I'm telling you about. Mm-hmm. So armed with that, even though the imposter thing was still there, but that was how I managed to justify to myself my existence, yep. you know, mm-hmm. even though, you know, there was customers and I was running a studio and on paper people say, how can you say that about yourself, man? Look at the people you work with. You got some gold and platinum records. You got this, you got that. Like you, you can't just fucking blag it for that long, you know, but yeah, in my mind I did. <laughs> yeah. but, but that thing from Tom though, um, really, he's no idea just how profound that was in that moment. Yeah. Nice. That's good. That was good advice, though. Yeah. Like, um, I know a lot of people who are insane guitarists or drummers or whatever, and then there's people who just learnt it because they like they play this note sounds good with this note. They wrote a song and it's a great song. Yep. <clears throat> Both good in their own rights, but like people have their own way. Yeah. Yeah. And if kids Congrats. can find that, then that's yeah, some important. of the best songwriters in the world don't have like theory behind music. Yeah. You don't have to. If you can write a song, you can yeah. write a fucking yeah. song. Like. Yeah. They're, they're doing these things as they don't realise they're doing a suspended fifth or fucking whatever. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I don't know why but, they're doing doing because it's fucking right. Yeah. When we have bandmates, like play an A, and Joe's just like, "What's an A?" Yeah. I'm like, "This yeah. second fret." He's like, "What?" I'm like, yeah. "Do your hand where you had before." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like it really, it just. The end product and the journey is the two things that matter. Like yeah. the, the, the fact that you can get something that if it is music, it sounds good, it's pleasing to yourself and others, and then the journey. How have you gone? What have you learned along the way? That's, Who have you made friends with? All that's, that that's, that's the making it. The no, making it is the, yeah, process the process of doing it and not necessarily the um, yep. accomplishments. And yeah. um, can I just share a little thing before we wind up? Certainly. Uh, um, this is uh, – um, a, a beautiful metaphor that was told to me by, by um, <clears throat> my mentor, Peter Sage, and he t- it's about the curse of the white rabbit. And the white rabbit is the metaphor for the stuff we chase, money, fame, prestige, validation, mm-hmm. titles, mm-hmm. What, what, what not. And so, yeah, we all know about the greyhounds that chase rabbits around a track. Yep. Um, how many times, barring a technical difficulty or some 
complete fuck up, will the greyhound ever catch the rabbit? Yes, super slim. How? They right. don't. They don't, yeah. right? Yeah. You know why? Because they're not that way. To. There's someone in, in charge of making it go faster than well, the greyhounds all the Well, time. <laughs> the whole fucking sport is set up on that. Yeah. yeah. It's, de- yeah. it's deliberate. Totally. Okay. So it's not fair in that respect. Uh, it's not, that's how it's set up. Yeah. So, but these greyhounds will keep coming back week after week after week because I've never known a greyhound to come up to me and say, fuck this, yeah. too hard, yeah. <laughs> never catch the I'm fucking done. thing. I'm done, do it last <laughs> I'm week. over it, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And you know, why that, you know why that is? It's because they were born to run, not mm. to catch the rabbit itself, yeah. right? Mm. They're born to run. Artists are here to create. So, so long as you're showing up and doing your thing and having fun along the way, and it's not about impressing anyone mm. and it's really about contributing and putting in and loving your craft and helping people on the way, um, then you have quote unquote made it. Mm. Because again, it doesn't matter how many gold records someone will have or how much this, people always want more, you know. Mm. I'll get my million, I'll be happy. Oh, I better get another million because I'll need, mm. just in case I lose the other, mm. the other million. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's never enough. You always, you, you, yeah. Again, you, you're never going to find fulfilment when you're on the track of achievement. Yeah, the, the achievements will come along because when you're fulfilled and happy in what you're doing, mm. then the achievements will come their way. You know, because you're operating at a level where you're like, I'm doing, you know, I love this, I do more of it, repetition's the mother's skill, the better you get at something, you're gonna get to a certain level where you're gonna create some value to someone. Mm-hmm. You know, you will eventually become, you know, mm. something or some, you know, you'll, you'll have something that someone's gonna value and wanna pay for. And so the achievement part will sort of come along, is it? Yeah. You with me? Mm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. I think that's a great analogy. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah. yeah no, I like it. Tones, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having thank me, you. man. My it man, great. it was a pleasure. Ah, pleasure. It was good fun. All right. Until next time. Done. I yeah. have no closing good to theme. I enjoyed listening the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's good for me. Right. I enjoyed it. See you later, guys.